talk about only God can judge me. Let me ask, who all has heard somebody say that? We've all heard someone say that. Now, here's the second part of that question. Has it ever been in a, in a woohoo, God's going to judge me way? Or is it in a, please leave me alone? That's usually how it goes. And so tonight, we're going to actually be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. We'll go ahead and pull up that scripture and read it, and then we'll pray. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to teach tonight. I ask that you anoint my lips, give me wisdom, give me clarity, and give me understanding in every word that I speak tonight. Let it be that they all come from you and not from my own self. God, I pray over every person in here that you will touch them, that they will receive whatever message you have for them tonight. God, if you change it even on me in the middle of this, that's okay, because I only want to do what your will is. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I, I started off, I wrote this, this whole thing out and about a week ago, and the funny thing is, is God kind of told me, no, that's not how I want you to teach it. And I had to stop and ask myself, how would I want it taught? Is it a preaching or is it a teaching? And since Wednesday nights are teaching, I had to put myself in the mindset, what would keep me interested? What would I want to hear? Because how many times have we heard people teach on the fact of being judged and judgment? And should Christians be able to judge? We've all heard it a million times. And so I wanted to give a different perspective on it. And just share my heart with you tonight. And I just want to say, everything that I'm saying is not a point at anybody or a condemnation or anything. Tonight, when we talk, it's going to be more comical, because that's how I roll. And just my heart. And just know that it all comes from the fruit of love. Amen? So as, as we start, I wanted to start with number one. My question is, what is judgment? Well, we're going to start off by saying what it is according to the Bible. So we had just read in John chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Judge not that you not be judged, that you be not judged. But then if you go down to John chapter 7, verse 24, I wrote that down wrong. Nope, I didn't. Maybe if I went to John instead of looking in Matthew, maybe that would help me. John chapter 7, verse 24 says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So let's remember that, righteous judgment. So you've got first John seven twenty-four telling you, Judge with righteous judgment. And then you have Matthew 7, verse 1, saying, do not judge. So which one would it be? Do we judge or do we not? Well, honestly, the answer would be we do judge. And a good place to look when we're talking about where it says the righteous judgment would be go to John 1, 14. I promise you I'm not going to have you do this the whole time. <laughs> we're just going to start it off here. 
But in every teaching, we need Scripture. Amen? Amen. I can't just take one piece of a Scripture and say, let's make a whole thing on it. We have to see where different areas of the Bible actually tells us in this as well. So John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when we do cast judgment, it needs to be as Jesus did. And that is with grace and with truth. There always has to be a balance. I still want to move. I'm sorry. I see y'all laughing at me. I know I want to move. Sorry. I will st- I'm on. My feet are planted. We have a balance here that has to be grace and truth. If you have too much grace, you know what you're doing is you're pandering. You're giving in. But if you have too much truth, that's when it becomes con- condemning and when it becomes overly judgmental. See, there's a difference between being the judge and being judgmental. You can cast judgment as long as you're doing it in grace and in truth. There's more I want to say there, but I won't. So you cannot pander and you cannot be overcritical. You have to be able to walk in both. Because Jesus, if you look further down in in, um, Matthew 7, he calls them pigs. He calls them all kinds of things. So for him to say you cannot, be, you cannot judge and then he judges, it's kind of funny. It's, it's just funny to me. So you have to learn to use grace and truth in everything that you say because there has to be that balance. If there's no balance, then that's when you get people who are offended at anything you, you try to teach them and try to talk to them. And judgmentalness does not mean, or judging does not mean that you just talk down to them about every little thing means you go to them in love. You speak to them. If you see a concern, you go to them. But at the same time, we have to be able to take whatever criticism comes back. And sometimes it's not in a pretty way. Sometimes it will hurt. But we have to evaluate it and say, is there some truth behind that? Because sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. But we have to learn to evaluate that before we harden our own hearts to what other people are saying as well. So judge not lest you be judged. This doesn't mean you can't judge. It means if you're going to point out one sin, you can't ignore all the others. A great example I heard about this was you can't, you can't get angry and, and speak on homosexuality and talk to someone about their sin without them coming back and saying, well, let's talk about the divorce rate. Let's talk about adultery. Because they're both sin. They're both in that, in that same boat. And so sometimes when we're dealing with that, we're going to have people who come back with, with the, I think the funniest one that I've heard is gluttony. A lot, a lot of people when they're defensive like to say, well, a lot of church people like to eat. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I know it. I'm sorry. We work on that daily. Let me keep working on that. And that's the thing, is I do put in the effort to work on that. So when people want to point that out, I'm not saying people have called me fat, by the way. So please don't take it that way, because nobody's called me fat. All right? I'm just saying I've seen other people call people fat. And to be honest, it's, it's Facebook. And it's social media where they do it, because suddenly this... I don't know what it is, or this 
gives you so much bravery, doesn't it? I think it's because you can't face people in the eye anymore. You can say it and just go on. But if you do not want the judgment back, you, you can't focus on helping others unless you're willing to help yourself as well. So judge not lest you be judged. And people want to read that as, well, the Bible says judge not. No, let's read the whole thing. The whole thing. That's what it's all about. Being righteous does not mean you are perfect. It says to judge in righteous judgment. That doesn't say to judge in perfect judgment. Being righteous means we are one with God. When we have our eyes fixed upon God, usually we're looking up and we're not looking at everything else. We're so focused on what he's telling us to do and what he is calling us to do, we're not looking at the minute little things. But at the same time, he's speaking to us on how we need to handle certain situations. So there will be judgment that has to be handled. But at the same time, it's not a nitpicking thing that's happening. And so, yes, we are to judge, but we need to use righteousness. And a part of that is, as a Christian, we, are to, we need to be able to say that we are sick and there are times when we need the, need the ultimate physician as well. We're not perfect. There needs to be humility that comes with it. So one of the parts I wanted to ask on this is, who do we judge? Who is it that, if we're doing this according to the Bible, who are we to judge? Well, one area I wanted to cover is, if you have breath in your body and a functioning mind, you're going to make judgments every day. It's human nature. Part of what we're doing is decisions. We make judgments. We make critical decisions every day. And like I said, a functioning mind, you're going to think things. We all do it. Funny story. We all see things from a different perspective. There's always a different outlook on everything. I may go home and there will be things I remember even just looking out here. It's how we assess things. Now, is it always worth giving our opinion? No. Funny story with my mom is <laughs> it never failed if we went somewhere, like a family reunion or something. The moment we got in the car, my mom wanted to say, did you see what so-and-so did? I mean, we, we, she would spend four hours telling us. I mean, from one little, just a look somebody gave, she done made up a whole story behind it. And I mean, it, it, she had some real, she was better than any soap opera. I'm telling you, she, because she knew these people and she knew their background. So yeah, she could, she could tell you, I bet you it's because her son, you know, he used to do this. And I know that's what it was. I mean, that's, that's, that was, that was how my mom rolled. And sometimes I have to work on that myself because I am a people watcher. I love to, uh, I think Rand discovered why Pastor Brad and I don't sit in the sound booth. Because <laughs> we are people watchers, and that's something we find fun doing. We never do anything that's belittling or anything, but we do observe and, and, and have humor in it. And so that's just a part of our nature. So as you, as you go about your day, just know everybody's doing it. If you say you're not making a judgment on something every day, I, I was about to get myself in trouble and call you a name, but I'm not going to. Everyone judges. 
All of us. You know why? Because we're human. We all have thoughts. We all have opinions. We all have our own belief system. You're going to make a judgment. It may not be good at all times, and it may be good. Certain judgments are to keep to yourself, and they're not meant for social media either. Let me throw this one out there too. If you see a cute quote and you want to share it, please look at at where it was shared from originally, because sometimes that could be a crazy name. (laughs) So, and, and people will see that. That is where a lot of the world sees now, is everything is through your cell phone, right here. This is the world now. I like to say this is one of the most dangerous weapons. Because this causes suicide, causes depression, causes anxiety. Even today, my kids, as part of their class, they had to watch a documentary called The Social Dilemma. And all it was, was about the dangers of what social media does. That was part of their, they have to actually uh, do homework on it even, from what I understand as well. And so, which they said it was incredible, they loved it. Uh, They watched it today. And so that thing right there causes more issues than face-to-face interactions do. Because that right there is where the most amount of judgments happen. You can see something and you hear it, you read it in your own voice, in your own impression of what they are meaning. It could be today is a joyful day. And they're being sarcastic, and you can read it as, oh, yeah, praise God. Or it could be that they were being happy, but you're not having a great day. And so you read it in that way, and you're like, look at them being sarcastic, when they were actually genuinely meaning it. I remember one time I posted something about a quote that said, people who say, I'm just blunt, and uh, the quote said, no, you're just being rude. And man, I had a comment this long how rude I was for posting that, that that was the most hateful thing. And I I thought, oh, okay. Well, that was kind of the point. Well, you can't be rude like that. But I took it with stride and I just went on because that's, that's just how you roll. But a lot of bullying, a lot of hurtfulness, a lot of hatred comes from that. It really does. My kids still do not have Facebook. They've begged me for Snapchat. Uh, no. None of that. And that's because I know what the terrors are of that. It's very dangerous. And that right there gives people boldness to say whatever they feel like saying. Funny thing is my husband is, is somebody who, he gets kicked out of all the pastor, t- uh, the pastor Facebook pages on there <laughs> because he holds them to a standard. Sometimes, yeah, I, I know what he's saying. I'm like, oh, you could have said that nicer. But a lot of times I read it and I'm like, well, it's true. It's true. And so, just in how you perceive it. So every day, we all make judgments. Not all, are, all need to be said, but some of them do. Some of them do. Some people need to hear things. And so, a part of people listening to you, there needs to be a relationship already built there. Um, I used to... I used to tell people all the time, I don't mind you having to say something to my kid when, he was little, when they were real little, as long as they already know that you care about them. 
But if they only see people who get onto them constantly, and any person is like that, anytime you see people on the defense all the time and then they're trying to come to you, even though what they're saying is truthful and what you need to hear and they're the ones that's brave enough to tell you, you may not receive it because of the relationship you have. So I wanted us to skip over to 1 Corinthians 5, verses 12 and 13. To continue on, on who to judge. It says, for, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Both those who are outside, God judges. But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. So who is it that God judges? says it right there. First part of it. Those who are outside. So who are we to judge? Those who are on the inside. That's you and me. We're to hold each other accountable. We don't like to say judge each other. We say accountability because that's what it is. We need to hold each other to a different standard. We'll go further into that chapter in a little bit because it is a crazy hot mess and that was directly to the church. But that is who we are to judge. We are to make judgments and assessments on everything that we're, that we're seeing. If I, I, I recently read um, a post of someone, it was, it was like a viral post that went around, of someone who was angry at their church um, because their church revoked their membership and said, Keep posting nudish photos. Uh, you're cussing people. You're doing this. And all of it was from social media. And the thing was, was this person was angry because she felt like she was judged and was trying to make a mockery of the church for doing that. But the whole point of it was the, ju- the church put in the letter. She actually posted the letter saying, we have been trying to talk to you and you will not listen. So they went to her in private, and that letter was still private. She was the one that made it public. So we are to keep each other accountable. If we see things that don't seem right, we need to speak up. Um, I've heard people joke around saying, I better not miss because the pastor might text me. He might message me. Well, that's a good thing because we miss you. That's, that's what it is. We miss you. And I'll be honest with you, this is a judgment I can make that I'm going to say out loud myself personally. Um, If you don't get that text that often, then that's because you're in church. If you feel like you get it all the time, maybe that's a hint. But we see it. (laughs) We see it when you're gone and we miss you. If we didn't text you, that means you weren't noticed. And that's not a good place to be either. We don't sit around and, and stare at the chairs. My husband gets with the whole team and says, who did you, who did you not see? Like, did we miss anybody? Who, who did you see was missing? And we all figure out a way to reach out and say, hey, we missed you. And we ask, are you okay? Now, some take it as offense because they see it as the pastors checking in on them. Maybe so, but what if there's an emergency and nobody knew? 
in that one moment when you needed somebody to reach out, that's when you got the text saying, we missed you. So who to judge? Who should we judge? Those around us, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So when we say only God can judge me, that's, yeah, that's it. God is judging. He's judging the outside as well, but he's also going to, he's going to make an assessment on our, our end as well on how we spread the gospel. And part of that is checking in on each other, holding each other accountable. Uh, the next part to this I want to ask is, how do we judge? Well, it's simple. We saw that in truth and love. There has to be grace and truth. And part of that grace is showing love, showing that we care. And a big part of that is helping in the solution. You don't want to go to somebody and say, well, I see that you're doing something. You need to fix it. That's all I could tell you. Or as my aunt puts it, it's off my soul now. <laughs> That's how she puts it when she has something bad to say. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that, okay? All right. Promise me you won't say that? All right. All right. Because, yeah, we never received it when she took it off her soul. Never received it. Because there was no fruit there. We are called to judge, not to be judgmental. Plain and simple. It's all in the heart of how you're doing it. So I think we've covered what judgment is. So, number two... What is not judgment? This is going to be the one according to the world. Cambridge Dictionary says, for the definition of judging, to express a bad opinion of someone's behavior, often because you think you are better than them. The world's God right now is tolerance. That's what the world wants us to do. Wants tolerance. Wants us to just tell them they're okay. Or tell ourselves, I'm okay. I'm good enough. You know, a lot of times when we want to tolerate our own sin, it's a way of us saying, you know what, God, I know I need help, but I think I'm good enough. I think I'm okay. I don't, need, I don't need any more. I think I'm fine with where I'm at. That's not a good place to be. You can't help others if you don't want to help yourself. And that's what judgment is about in the Bible. The Bible's way of seeing judgment is to help. It is never, ever to break down and force them to feel like there's no way up. I look at Westboro Baptist Everybody knows who they are. I mean, they're famous for it. That's, that's their thing. But the thing is, is they're famous for being hateful. And they tell you all of these hateful things to the point where you feel like there's no way you could ever achieve knowing God or having a relationship with Christ. That's not what it's about. When we are to judge each other, we are to build each other up. We come up with that solution we say, I'll hold your hand, I'll do whatever it has to be. And we do not tolerate anything else. Tolerance is agreeing with whatever they think. 
and saying, okay, well, that's fine. It should never be fine. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Let's look there. Beware of false prophets who come into you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. With that scripture, I heard a really good quote that I I just had to put up here. If you have that quote, um, it says, If you can't tell the difference between a thorn and a grape, your fruit bowl is going to be a mess. Tolerance is letting a grape look at you and say, I'm a thorn, and you're going, yeah, you are. I'll go a little deeper. Tolerance is when a man looks at you and says, I'm a woman. Yeah, you are. I'll go along with that. God still loves you. Yes, he does, but he doesn't love your sin. And we should never tolerate that type of mindset. And that is creeping into the church. Because that's what the world wants. That's the world's church. I told you, tolerance is this world's God. That's where we're at. Sometimes you're going to deal also with Christians who are unwilling to accept your judging. I know we keep using the word judging, but that's really what it is. But it's, it's holding each other accountable. Sometimes it's because of hurt. They've been hurt. They've dealt with people who talk down to them, maybe not as as mean as Westboro Baptist, of course, but just as condemning and made them feel like they're this big. It could be from anywhere. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be the pastor made them feel that way. And so you have to build that relationship that we were talking about just so that you can be able to address that. I've actually lost a couple of friends in my life over this. They want to get to know me and then tell me everything that's wrong with me, but whenever I want to talk about solutions or make it a conversation, they block it. Nope, this is just what's wrong with you, just fix it. Okay? That's not a friendship. That's not what accountability is. We have to be open both ways. I'm willing to receive whatever criticism you have, but if there's an area in your own life, you got to be able to accept it and know that sometimes I may see something that helps you as well. You're going to lose friends in that, in that too. There are going to be times where you're going to deal with people who, who don't want They don't want to be any better. They don't want, it's good enough. That's all it is. It's good enough. Why do I need to keep pushing and striving for something when I'm happy where I'm at? Are you really though? It's called being comfortable. 
There's a lot of areas in the Bible where you see there's discomfort, yet there was still love in it. I wanted to close and take a few minutes to talk about 1 Corinthians 5. So I wanted to give myself a few minutes to be able to do that. But I wanted to share this first with you. You should love someone enough to say that there's a problem. I wanted to, I wasn't going to share this, didn't even come to my mind until it came to my heart just now. I didn't have a good relationship with my brother. He was adopted, and he was very bitter and angry about that for a long time. And he, he would, I don't even, he would act out. So half of the time in my, my growing up, it was going to visit my brother in, in a rehab or um, like juvie, things like that. I remember one time we had to go to Shreveport, Louisiana, and we ended up going to see my brother while he was in a rehab there. Um, he was probably like 16 at the time. And then we went to the fair, the state fair, and my dad said, wave at your brother and pointed to the building. We had just went, and we were at the fair. And that's, that's the relationship we had. And for the longest time, I didn't really know my brother. It was like an awkwardness when we were around each other. And after my mom passed, he got close to us again. Well, he recently got busted for dealing we thought he was clean I mean he knew how to act and when we found out he showed up at my dad's house early and my dad said what are you doing here and he said well I figured you needed to rip me a new one you know like you and mom used to do and my dad just looked down and said Kevin that's past we can't do that anymore your mom's not even here <laughs> and he he just hugged my brother and said, I love you, but you need to go. You're going to go to, you know, you deserve it. You absolutely deserve every moment you have to spend in prison. You know, that's the one thing that woke my brother up. He's, he's happy. Well, he's not happy, happy. Let's just put it, he's in prison. But he's clean. He calls my dad every week. And he's just a different person. And it was, it was just because my dad finally was able to say to him, we can't keep doing, it ain't working. So I'm just going to love you and I'm going to tell you the truth. I can't just threaten you like you were that 16-year-old boy. That's what my brother needed at that moment. And he was able to receive it from my dad. A year before my mom passed, he wouldn't have been able to receive that from my dad. But because they built up that relationship again, my dad was able to sit down for an hour and talk to him about this is why you need to get clean. This is why you deserve to go to prison. And my brother was open enough to listen and receive it. That's accountability. May not be as much as calling it judgment, but a judgment should not be, we should not look at judgment as what the world says it is. We need to look at what the Bible says, make an assessment with grace and with truth. That's what judgment should be. That's what we do as we judge. So I wanted to close out with 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Immorality defiles the church. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up and have, 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 rather, have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present, him who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorifying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Now let me point out right there, not to keep company with sexual immoral people. Who is he talking to? The church. Part of our commission, as the Great Commission, is to go out. We are going to go across and see people who are sexually immoral in the world. But we are not to take place and befriend Every though, everyone in the church that is doing these deeds. That is what he's saying. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous, the extortioners, the idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside God judges, therefore put away from yourselves the evil person." So now that we've read the whole thing in context, we're seeing where this is all to the church. They're saying, if you see someone who is in sin, I think my favorite part of this is saying, don't boast. If they're boasting, you don't join in on it. You don't congratulate them. You don't tell them, well, it's okay. No, we are to judge each other according to what the Word of God says no matter how our heart wants to feel about a situation. We are to judge with grace, which means that love, but we also have to have truth. Remember, tolerance, judgmentalness. Tolerance, judgmentalness. There has to be that balance to have both. And if they don't listen, what does it say to do? Separate them. 
Scripture says, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, for his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. You can't keep tolerating it and expect them to get to heaven. We have to cast it out for them to be able to have that moment of reconciling it with God. Us condoning it and tolerating it does nothing but send them into a, a deep, dark, hateful place. They'll have hell on this earth because they won't be one with God. And then they'll have hell in eternity. We cannot do that. That's why you should love someone enough to say that there's a problem. You cannot tolerate any sin within the brother and sister of the church. That's why I told y'all, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. This was something I had to learn myself. This is something I had to take to heart too on certain areas because there are times where I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're trying their best. And there have been times where I've seen things and I said, mm, they won't accept what I have to say. Well, why not try? That's a challenge I have to take. Even if it makes me look like a fool, at least I tried. As long as I do it in love. Now, do I always do it in love? No. We're human. We have opinions. We have thoughts. We have facial expressions. We all make them. All of us. But the number one thing is, is judge not lest you be judged. If you're going to dish it, you've got to take it. You got to say, I'm an imperfect person and actually mean it. You can't just wear the shirt and say, that's good enough. Because that's what most people do. They say, this is good enough. Can't be that way. You got to always strive for your best and look out for one another. Sometimes you even need to look on your aisle and say, who's missing? Reach out to them. It's the one thing with um, us as pastors. We also have a pastor. Not every pastor thinks that way, um, surprisingly. But as pastors, we have our own pastor, and trust me, he holds us accountable. And we're grateful for it. There are times when he has to really crack the whip. And it's because he loves us. And because we have that relationship with him, in her, we receive it. We accept it. So, should we judge? Yes. How should we judge? In grace and truth. There always needs to be love. It's a righteous judgment that comes straight from God. We need to have the heart of God in order to be able to see things the way God sees them. And we need to be able to have the boldness and the wisdom and the discernment to go to those people and talk to them. And it doesn't have to be in public. Go to them privately. I mean, there's, there's more scripture I could have done, but I didn't want to fill your whole night with flipping. So there's more you can learn when it comes to this subject. Just do the studying. It's there. 
God didn't just talk about it one time. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening to me. I hope I didn't step on anybody's toes, but helped uplift you in a way and give you a little insight and wisdom and looked at it in a different way. You don't have to say judge. You can say accountability. Whichever word sounds the best to you. Either way, as long as you're going by the way the Bible tells you and not the world. You never want to point your finger. You want to bring them up. That's what we're there to do. We're there to fix each other's crown. Well, for the women. The men can fix theirs. (laughs) Brad can help you with that. (laughs) That's another thing. Accountability needs to be a man with a man, a woman with a woman. That's how it needs to be. Women should not be calling men to check on them. And men should not be calling women to check on them. Amen?